This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, come on, man. This is episode number 32, and in this episode, I sit down with Patrick Crawford, co-owner of Denver Beer Company in Denver, Colorado. Patrick talks to me about how his brewery's award-winning business plan helped them to fund their business, what the future looks like for Denver Beer Company, and how a real estate deal with a church can go sideways. Well, thank the Lord everything turned out right for Patrick and his company. And to all the listeners at home, you can count your blessing. Because it's time for another episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order Podcast. And today I'm with Patrick Crawford, co-owner of Denver Beer Company in Denver, Colorado. Charlie and Patrick both first met while attending Colgate University in New York State. After graduating, they both went completely different routes, but continued to keep in touch. Charlie had gotten into craft brewing and decided to attend the Siebel Institute of Technology in Chicago, also attended the Dobman's Brewing Academy in Munich. While Charlie was making a name for himself in the brewing industry, Patrick, who was a physicist and engineer, had worked different jobs before finally landing in Colorado Springs to work for Lockheed Martin. While working there, he caught the home brewing bug, and after he won a home brewing contest, he knew he wanted to get into the beer industry as well. He reached out to his friend Charlie, who at the time was brewing at Wincoop Brewing Company in Denver. They decided to take a class on writing a business plan, and after that went full force towards what is now known as Denver Beer Company. They opened their doors to the public in August of 2011, and Patrick is here with me today. Patrick, how are you doing? Hey, Michael. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you you for being with me. I really appreciate it. So the craft beer industry in in Colorado is is pretty massive. I mean, it's where the Great American Beer Festival is is held in Denver, right? Yeah. What did the craft beer scene look like for you when you you both opened your brewery? We were making plans to open Denver Beer Co. in 2010. Yeah, there's a big couple of big players in Denver at that time, like New Belgium and Odell and Avery and Great Divide and some of these other great breweries. Right, right. And then, uh, and then we heard wind of like we were, we thought we were going to be the first brewery to open in a couple of years. Right. And then that summer, we heard that two other breweries were going to open, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do?" There's two other breweries opening with us this summer. Um, it's going to be more competition than we thought. And got, uh, got kind of nervous about that and um, opened up in 2011 um, just after another brewery had opened up and another one that summer. And now and now I think like 300 breweries have opened up in the last 10 years. Yeah, right. So, yeah, the, the, the scene has definitely changed in Denver and much of, the, much of the country too. Right, for sure. So, I mean, you guys kind of, I've, I've interviewed a lot of places that have kind of like just opened up maybe within the first two years. And they experienced this this pandemic and this like kind of hold on their business, but they had to you know pivot and adjust. How did you guys go about uh, adjusting your business plan? Yeah, I mean it's been really tough. You know, we have kind of two businesses over here in Denver, so we have um, so we have three tap room breweries where we where we brew and serve the beer on site. Right. Um, two Denver beer cars and one under the Cerveceria Colorado brand. And then uh, we also have a big production brewery that packages beer. And, you know, really what we saw was people stopped coming. And Denver was under uh, statewide shutdown, you know, state home orders for April and May. Right. And so, so 
people were home, but but people did not stop drinking. So uh, that's what we noticed. Yeah, no. Um, so no. Our, our grocery store sales and our liquor store sales were way up, and then uh, we sold a ton of to-go beer out of our out of our tap rooms too. So um, thankfully, we had those options, and and we made it through. I mean, a lot of our employees they relied on tips and stuff. You know, they they probably had it the worst. Um, of course, we tried yeah. to keep everyone employed as much as possible, filling crawlers and to go and stuff. But you know, we were only able to do so much. But but yeah, it was challenging. And uh, oh man, we'll see what happens this winter. It looks like we're on the verge of another one. So yeah, right. Uh, so were were you able to keep? everyone uh employed or did you have to like cut some i know probably Um, servers of beer i mean like the bartenders and whatnot probably was a little tougher yeah let's see i mean we did not have we didn't do any layoffs we definitely cut some of the bartenders lost a lot of shifts right um but we but we um asked people if they wanted to come fill in at the production brewery and make mix packs um and we and we offered people the ability to sell to, to go beer too. So right. um, we didn't have to cut uh, shifts, or like, we didn't have to lay anyone off. We had to cut some shifts for for a period of time there. So right. So, how yeah. how, uh, how stressful it is? How how is it being knowing it's being someone's livelihood, so to speak? Uh, is there a stressfulness to it for you? Yeah, absolutely. That was I mean that was the worst part. Um, of this whole thing is right. is knowing that a lot of our team members, and you know, it's not just our team too. It's like uh, pretty much all the restaurant workers in Denver and everyone that works in our that industry. Um, yeah, it's challenging. And then you know, the federal stimulus uh, that was through that extra unemployment benefit was it was helpful for for the team. I know it was, right. um, but it didn't make up for what they were making in tips. No, of course um, not. So yeah, it's kind of funny, like. You know the government asked us to shut down, but but you know puts the financial burden on us as well. So it's um, yeah, it's challenging right now. Right. I go into politics and stuff, but it's been tough times. Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, as far as you you know, talking about financial, uh, how did you go about funding your business? Um, so we originally just called up all our friends and family. We, we wrote a great business plan. Charlie and I actually won a little award for our business plans in the state of Colorado. Wow. And, um, and just called up all our friends and family and said, Hey guys, we wrote a business plan. Check it out. Read it. And, uh, we were really fortunate that we got funded within a couple of weeks of pitching people that original business plan. So we raised, uh, for like $420,000, I think from family and friends. Wow. To, to, to get open originally. And then, um, we were fortunate enough to be able to pay them back uh, and, and buy out a lot of our family and friends investors within the first couple of years of us being open. So, right. So now it's just uh, traditional stuff like you get you get bank loans and and all all kind of the normal things. Right, right, right. During that whole process of when you first opened your business, uh, from the st- from the start, um, from when you first decided to do it. All the way till you opened that those doors. Uh, what do you think was the most challenging part for you? Writing the business plan was was fun. I mean, it took some time, but you know, really, we didn't have a ton of challenges at first. It was kind of smooth sailing. Everything was kind of roses for for the first couple of years, and 
we threw the doors open and everything was great. You know, we were working at the bar, the bartenders trying to make the beer in the morning and then, and then close the cash register at night. And so we were around all the time and had great relationships with the team. So, you know, that part of the business was, was, was going great and it was easy. Now, you know, 10 years later, we've had a few challenges, that's for certain. Right, right. But, um, but those first couple of years were, I don't, I don't want to say they were easy, but they had a great plan and we were executing a plan that um, things were working out pretty well. Right. And what was something you never thought you would have to deal with when being a, a brewery owner? Um, Jimmy Toscano. <laughs> this, uh, we had this, this uh, this guy Jimmy Toscano, who we, we tried to buy, we got into this crazy real estate deal. We were trying, we were buying a building from a church to expand our production brewery, and, um, and things got pretty sideways over this real estate deal. And this uh, this guy Jimmy Toscano, um, who was recently passed away, so you know, rest in peace. But right. he, uh, I think, he threatened to uh, take me down by my Achilles at one point. Wow! And uh, <laughs> and and you know, he said. I can't do, I can't make you do what I want you to do, but I know how to, you know, tear your Achilles or something like that. I was like, oh, Jesus. So that was a lot of sleepless nights trying to negotiate this crazy real estate deal with, with the church and then the church's hired gun, this guy, Jimmy Toscano, but. My God. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So that's, that's probably my craziest thing, but you know, the beer industry is simple. It's fun. You make beer, you serve people, they smile, they love it. Right. And so. You know, it's when you get outside and do crazy real real estate stuff, and yeah, um, you know, this COVID stuff has obviously been been probably our biggest challenge, I of, think, today. Of course, right. And what do you? What qualities do you possess that make you a good what, business owner? What qualities? Ooh, good question. Um, I think uh, I think we're pretty persistent. I'm personally pretty persistent. You know, if there's something that I want, we figure out how to do it. Right. Uh, you know, I my friends always tease me because you know, can figure out how to do anything and research anything on the internet. My wife, after, you know, if I decide I want to, like, uh, expand something or buy a new truck or do something like that, I, you know, I've countless hours and hours watching YouTube videos and doing internet research to try to figure out the best way to do it. So, right. I, you know, I think we're, I'm pretty persistent when it comes to that. That's great. So, uh, I mean, you guys have been open uh, since 2011. Were there ever any any like uh not slumps but like lulls in the business and it was kind of like a a moment of is this gonna be is this gonna work out or um no i think we've been really fortunate our tap room breweries have been have been really successful i think we've kind of become i don't know after 10 years of of being in being in denver and downtown denver like um we've really well embraced by the community which we really appreciate and so uh we have some fans that we can count on to make sure that our uh, staff is busy on Saturday. And so, so that's been really nice. Right. Well, who would you say inspired you the most in the beer industry? Uh, who or what? Who? Who? Yes. Oh, man. Who inspired us the most? That's a good... I mean, you know, we, I don't know if we would have started Denver Beer Co. if I hadn't read um, Sam Caligione's uh, brewing up a business book. Okay, dogfish, um, right? Reading that book before we opened, I think it was a great read and very inspirational. I mean, there's he talks about 
public relations and doing PR stunts where he rode the where he rode the beer across the river. Um, I think we've done stuff like that and used examples of of those things many times, and uh, I really appreciate it. Kind of a funny story. The uh, fourth batch of beer we ever brewed was a beer called Graham Cracker Porter, which is a beer we're really well known for now. Okay. And we won a bronze medal at the Great American Beer Festival in 2011, our first year open. Right. Um, it was in the specialty beer category. Long and behold, we're getting up there, walking up to the stage, and the guy who won the silver medal is Sam, and he turns around and he gives us a high five. And so that meant that meant a lot to us. You know, after reading his book, uh, opening the brewery, and you know, using some of the ideas that he had in his book to turn around and get a high five right behind the stage at the Great American Beer Festival from him was pretty awesome. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so, like speaking of, I'm sure that was a, a pretty defining moment for you. Um, how would how do you define success? Yeah, that's a great question, man. If I could figure that out, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's so personal for everyone that everyone that has their own business or their own podcast or yeah, whatever. Of course. Um, yeah. For me, for me, success is. I think there's a pretty high correlation between freedom and success for me. I really enjoy being able to you know go for a bike ride at lunch and then get to the office and work a little bit and then, you know, maybe leave early and push my kid's soccer game or something. So, um, I think for, for me, success is that freedom financially and in my work to, to be able to, you know, do kind of what I want to do. I'm right. selfish, but, but yeah. Like take a mental break whenever you need one. It's, it's a beautiful know, thing. And then work, work hard when you work hard when there's something to work hard on and, you know, have a, have a day where you don't have to work as hard on other stuff. We have a great team now, so. Right. I mean, I know the whole beer industry as a whole, it's almost like a, a brotherhood. It's very friendly. Um, is there a way you go about staying ahead of competition, though? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I think with beer, the beer flavors and beer styles are, are changing so much. You know, there's a little bit of a race to see who can come out with the coolest new flavor that'll be... That'll taste great and stuff. I mean, we always focus on making the best tasting beer possible. Right. Um, so, you know, we're not ever trying to make the cheapest beer or or anything like that. So um, so I think we're just trying to keep it simple and, and keep our beer tasting great. Um, keep making styles of beer that people like to drink, you know, juicy IPAs. And uh, we have a beer called Princess Yum Yum, which is a raspberry colch that's really popular. So. <laughs> Quite so. I was wondering. I mean, you've been, like I say, you've been around for a while. What do you think has been the biggest change for you in this industry in, let's say, the last five, six years? Just the amount of of other breweries there are, and trying to get the share of mind. It's not the share of mind of the, of the customers exactly. I think it's the share of mind of the of the beer buyers at liquor stores. That's that's the most challenging part, or the. Um, you know, everyone wants to try what's new and stuff. And so uh, the on, on-premise retailers, like bars and restaurants in town, are always changing their tap handles and rotating tap handles and stuff like that. So, right. yeah. you know, just the amount of time to spend building those relationships so that beer buyers keep buying your beer is, is um, I guess, something that never, that has changed a lot since we opened. Gotcha. So, yeah. So this question I, I love the most. I love hearing the answer, and then because it's always different. 
Um, sometimes it's exactly the same, which is surprising. But what was your gateway beer into the craft beer world? My personal gateway beer? Yes. I think it must probably be Laughing Lab from Bristol Brewery in Colorado Springs. That's a beer that I drank and really enjoyed. And then when my friend uh, homebrewed with me for the first time, that's the that's my uh, that's the first beer I tried to make. Right. It was like it was a knockoff or a clone of that of that Bristol uh, beer. And how did that come out? Pretty similar, or? Um. Yeah, it was good. I don't know if it was similar. I don't think it was that similar. Um. Because I didn't use the right yeast. I remember I went to the homebrew shop and bought all the ingredients for the beer, and then. The homebrew guy was like, well, you got to buy this yeast. That's what makes this beer special. I'm like, yeah, but my friend's giving me this other yeast for free. Right. And I didn't want to spend like the extra eight bucks to buy uh, the Scottish ale yeast or something that they used. So I didn't, I used the American ale yeast, but it came out great. It was a malty, um, kind of an amber, malty uh, ale. So it was enjoyable. Right. But not, not exactly the same, but heck, it was your, my first beer that I made. Yeah. And uh, it was drinkable, and I drank every drop of it. And forced one of my friends to drink it too, and we had a great time. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the first clones I ever did was actually brown ale by Dogfish Head. Oh yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, and it, it actually. What year was that? What year? What year was that? Oh my! Yeah. Oh my God! I don't even know to be honest with you. I don't even. It was so long ago. It was like the first one of the first ones I've ever ever done, and I was surprised when I tasted it. I'm like, oh my God! Like this tastes just like this is this is incredible. Like we can make yeah, beer, awesome. we could do this all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're opening up a, a new tap room soon, correct? Yeah, it's under construction right now. Um, construction will be done in December, but we probably I don't think opening a business during COVID in January or February is a good idea. So we'll probably wait till March to get to open the doors. Right. Well, hopefully everything. Uh, kind of dies down and we can go back to normal very soon but um uh, uh, with, yeah it's starting to seem unlikely but yeah what, you know, what, our new spot has a big outdoor patio and right um yeah i saw that yeah, online yeah outside at least looks looks like it's coming along nicely it looks beautiful yeah it should be sweet yeah so what's the i mean besides that what what does the future look like for denver beer for your company yeah, that's a good question. Maybe um, if I could answer that excess question, that might help me answer this question. <laughs> right. I don't know. Still trying to figure that out. No, you know, I think I think we want to just keep growing Denver Beer Co. at a nice steady rate. Um, we've been really pushing to grow like 10 to 20% every year since we've been opened. And I think that's a really healthy spot for us. You know, we don't, we don't want to bring on a big equity investor that, you know, becomes a boss or makes us make decisions that we don't think is best for the business. Right. We want to um, chug along at a steady rate, um, become, you know, a strong regional brewery. Right now we just sell our beer in Colorado and Wyoming. So, you know, I'll think about entering a couple more states around here in the West. Right. Um, you know, back to your kind of first question about Colorado, it's kind of funny because... You know, if we were if we were smart, we never would open a brew a brewery in Colorado. There's just not very many people around here. Denver's great, right? But there's, there's not many people that live in Utah, Wyoming, Kansas, New Mexico. Just, they're all tiny little states, so uh, hard to expand. You know, and the East Coast just seems 
really far away for, for us. Yeah. I mean, I, I've yet to try that, but I, I plan on making a trip out to uh, Denver very soon. I was there not too long ago, and I stopped by Great Divide because that's one of my favorites. Um, I was there in September of last year, and yeah. before, before this whole thing happened, and I swung by there and uh, on the way to Colorado Springs. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it's beautiful over there. But like, yeah, we got a great state, no question about it. Yeah, it's really, it's really gorgeous. Um, yeah, well, next time you're gonna stop by and head up. Absolutely, absolutely, will do. I mean, I plan on stopping by many because there are many. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's no shortage of breweries out here. No, definitely not. So, if somebody, speaking of that, um, if somebody was actually coming to you and asking you uh, advice for opening a brewery, what advice would you give them? Oh man, just to go for it. I'm, I think. Um, I think there's lots of room for a neighborhood taproom breweries around, you know, your city, your town, whatever you're in. Um, I'd encourage people to go for it. I think you can build a really great business. It doesn't have to be, it can be whatever you want to aspire it to be. You know, I, I think a small taproom brewery is a great business for to support a family or two families. And, um you know, if you want to grow into a gigantic production brewery and make a million barrels of beer a year, I, I, I think that's definitely more challenging, but but um, I think you should do it and go for it. Yeah. I'm sure it's doable. That just, you know. Yeah, a... I think so, too. Take, yeah. take some time and some patience, but for sure. Of course. And uh, I mean, I'm, I wanted to ask you before when when you say uh, what's what's next for the future. It's you and Charlie had said that uh, you wanted to just keep it like YouTube, right? Like no board or anything like that. You want to keep it kind of like just small, right? Yeah, yeah. We're just uh, you know fam- two two families that own own Denver Beer Co. and we have a great relationship and get along well now. So right. um, I think it would be be silly me to risk that at, at this point. But yeah. yeah. You don't want too many uh, chefs ruining the broth, so to speak. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, we do. We try to do our best job to screw everything up already. So. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> so did you have a, uh, a funny story for us? In the first year of us brewing beer, we had a really fun. We were making this uh, Belgian Chappelle. Okay. It was fermenting like crazy. It was a little hot. I think it was like up to 80-something degrees. It was fermenting away. The blow-off bucket was going crazy, and then all of a sudden it just stopped dead. And we're like, what? What's going on? It just stopped fermenting. And Charlie's like, uh-oh, no, this thing, this is not good. The PRV got clogged. Pressure release valve got yes. clogged yeah. in the, or the blow-off got clogged. Uh-oh. And so he's like, I think we need to take the blow-off off before, you know, this thing, like, erupts or something. So he climbs up there on top of the tank. He starts twisting the piece. He starts taking the tri clamps off. And all of a sudden, just this like geyser of beer. I think, I think probably these are these are seven barrel tanks. I think three barrels of beer, so about a hundred gallons of beer, oh. just goes blasting out of the top of the fermenter, covers the entire ceiling. You know, half the batch of beer is gone, and these are you know back when we first opened, so we're worried about every drop of beer and everything. And, oh my god! And uh, and it turns out that was like the most delicious non could never produce reproduce this beer but it was like the most delicious Chabelle you called it the geyser the geyser <laughs> the yeah, perfect name and, and drink it yeah yeah wow 
after that, I'm sure you just had to whip, whip out the hose and just hose everything down, including the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, the ceiling's just covered. <laughs> oh yeah, but, you know, it's a brewery. Yeah. Uh, so I have a little thing, uh, a little quick segment called Quick Fire Five. Okay. Uh, five quick questions, beer-related. Okay. One of your beers that you'd recommend someone try? All of them. All of them. Every last one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any specific one? If somebody came in the brewery right now and said, what beer should I try? Which one would you tell them to try? Oh, man. On a beautiful fall day, uh, sitting outside on the patio, I would probably choose our peanut butter cream cracker porter right now. Yeah, I saw that one online. That looks that looks absolutely delicious. Um, favorite yeah. favorite brewery other than your own? Probably Odell. What was it? I'm sorry. Odell. Odell. Okay. Uh, yeah. Favorite style of beer? IPA. IPA. Okay. Yeah. Barrel aged, imperial, or both? Barrel aged. Barrel aged. Uh, and you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two-week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? Uh, Juicy Freak. Not yet. Juicy Freak, you said? Juicy Freak, yep. And th- that's your beer? That's a, yeah, that's one of our beers. Yeah. Okay. Well, Patrick, that's uh, that's all I have for you, man. I really appreciate it. Okay, Michael, thanks a bunch. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast. Here with Patrick Crawford of Denver Beer Company. Thanks, Patrick. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Patrick Crawford of Denver Beer Company in Denver, Colorado. Whether you're passing through, you live in the area, or just visiting a friend nearby, you should definitely check them out. Also, give them a follow on social media so you can see what they're up to next. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe and you'll never miss one. Be sure to check out our social media accounts for updates on the podcast. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.